You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric May, Milwaukee Bucks supporter at the Athletic Wisconsin. And joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. Frank, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm pretty good, Eric. Uh, had a weird weekend because my wife and daughter were out of town. So um, it was... I, I actually Ooh, Bachelor Frank! Yeah, I, yeah I, I, uh, the, the most exciting thing that happened was uh, I had our... Friends of the pod, Mitchell Maurer from Brew Hoop and uh, Bill Canzanari over on Friday, sort of a Austin Bucks Hive uh, meetup. Thankfully, we we got together to watch the Bucks win over the Mavericks and not the Bucks, you know, completely fall into a <laughs> hole in the ground against the Orlando Magic on Saturday. But that was that was my most uh, exciting social uh, thing I did over the weekend. And otherwise, I watched a lot of Netflix. Uh, I did play a little hockey, so I did something at least vaguely athletic and uh, uh i don't know though i'm I you saw my favorite movie of last year as well i did i saw the uh spider-man into the spider-verse movie which was great um i'm not really an animated movie guy but i thought it was extremely well done and um had great characters and was really really a great movie and um yeah i i just generally was reminded of i i, I kind of was like sitting around thinking like man because i you know obviously I, I miss my wife and daughter uh, who I normally, you know, really make a focus of my weekends. And it was like a little weird because on the one hand I could sleep in. So that was a plus. Normally I get up early mm-hmm. to hang out with my daughter so I can let my wife sleep in on weekends because she does that during the week normally uh, for me. Well, not sleeping in, but, you know, work-wise. And then, um, but it was kind of funny because it was like, man, man, when you're like single and don't have like a family, like you just got so much free time. <laughs> like it was kind of funny. I was you're like, telling me, Frank. Yeah. It was you're like, telling me. It was like, oh man, I, I, I don't even remember having this little to do, this little like to do or obligation <laughs> back, back in the day. So, um, so yeah, it was a little bit different. Um, I did get to watch a lot of basketball. I think, I think I've also completely tapped out my interest in hearing podcasts about sort of the trade deadline after effects. Um, cause especially given what the Bucks did with the Miritich trade, I was kind of like thirsty for Bucks content and kind of trade deadline mm-hmm. content. And I think at this point I'm like completely tapped out. Uh, I, I heard everyone's opinion multiple times from my favorite podcast. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't really get to take in a lot of that. Cause obviously I was like creating content of my own. Um, what was, what would you say is like the overall, um, the overall kind of opinion of that. Obviously we've given our own, but you know, as you, you are both a, a content creator and content consumer <laughs> as a consumer. Um, what did you, what did you feel you, you took in like from the outside? I, I think, I think the phrase arms race um, has now been used more often to describe uh, the Eastern conferences trade deadline than um, the United States and Soviet union and all of the <laughs> Um <laughs> 
it it I, I think I think that phrase I mean it makes sense. I think it's an apt description. I'm sure we've used it as well. Um but I think at this point we just gotta kind of move on and figure <laughs> now we can just talk about the teams and maybe not talk about that. And uh you guys got to see Nikola Miritich on Saturday briefly at least for his official introduction. Uh he still is uh not back. Um sounds like he may be available on Monday in Chicago to play his yeah. little team. Um would have been nice to have him on Saturday night, obviously, given uh, <laughs> the way the Bucks shot. I mean, that was basically like if if you asked like like me to shoot like you know thirty some three pointers, I feel like I could have probably put up a, a comparable uh, accuracy level as the Bucks on Saturday. But um, yeah, unfortunately, with Giannis getting a rest, uh, they 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 really could have used anyone outside of who actually played. Uh, unfortunately, he still getting back from that calf strain. They obviously were not trying to rush him back. Hopefully we see him this week, uh, Bulls and Pacers before the All-Star break. But um, yeah, it was a, a very up and down weekend with the Mavericks game, which they took care of, you know, in, in pretty good order, despite uh, Mavericks just going nuts from three didn't really matter. Um, and then Saturday, obviously, the Bucks went whatever the opposite of nuts is from three. And it, it very much <laughs> mattered because they, I, I mean... Is there any is there any game that that's comparable to to that one in terms of just uh, and I realize Giannis not playing is a major asterisk in terms of you know obviously how good the Bucks can be but um, I feel like even for the people that played I'm I'm not sure there was a worse game the Bucks have played all year but maybe I'm I mean there haven't been that many losses but that that's got to be up there and just in terms of you know egg laying uh, efforts that we've seen. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. Uh, the Bucks have never shot lower than 32.6% during this season uh, from the field. They've never shot lower than 17.1% from the three-point line this season. They've never lost by 20 points this season. Um, so, yeah, margin of defeat, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, all season worse for the Bucks. which, I mean, if you watch the game, that's, that's not all that much of a surprise. And, you know, I... At, I was I was thinking through like there there were both you know moments of a like, kind of acceptance and then moments of absolute anger from Bucks fans in my mentions throughout that game on Saturday night and you know during like the acceptance moments it's like okay well you know the Bucks are on the second game of back to back and I think we're we're well past the the point of NBA fandom where we don't recognize that. Like I think everyone recognizes just how hard the second game of back to back is going to be. So, you know, that was good. And then I, I truly did not realize until I went through it after the game and found out that the this is the uh most tiresome stretch of the Bucks schedule. I think that would be the best way to put it. Uh they're going so starting on January twenty fifth, they went every other on games. So every other day they had a game. So uh, from Friday, January 25th to uh, Saturday, the 9th, they were doing that or to the 8th, they were doing that every other thing. And then on the 9th, you had a back to back in and now they're going to go every other Monday, Wednesday, up until the break. But you know, if you take out those last two games and just go until Saturday, that's nine games in 15 days, which again, I don't, I don't have like a Elias Sports Bureau that I can just text and be like, hey, can you tell me if anyone else in the league has done that? But I mean, I would, 
I would venture to guess it's pretty tough to find a nine and 15 kind of stretch there. Um, and I mean, <laughs> I thought it, it looked like uh, much of that kind of played into exactly the way that they played on Saturday night. So, you know, like there was, I, I thought there was a, a certain level of acceptance from Bucks fans. I was just like, you know, it's, it's a back to back and, that's going to happen. And, um, you know, while we're here, I had a couple people complain, like, you can't sit Giannis out at home. And I just want to, I've said this before, but if you're going to spend a lot of money on tickets, um, don't do it on a back-to-back. Yeah, unfortunately. No matter who you're trying to see, whether that's, whether that's LeBron, whether it's Kawhi, whether it's, um, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, whoever it is, if you're trying to see someone, don't do it on a back-to-back or at least if you are going to do it on a back-to-back. And I know sometimes like that happens. Like, so so in this situation, it was a Saturday night and a Saturday night game in Milwaukee means that if you're coming from other parts of Wisconsin, that's the, that's a good day that you can make the trip and, you know, maybe make a weekend out of it. But like, just, uh, just be very careful if you're ever booking bucks games, like just be careful with back-to-backs. Like be prepared that on a back-to-back, someone you like might sit out and that someone might also be honest. So um, just a, just a, a, a PSA of sorts um, while we're here. But um, so, like I said, I had, you know, some acceptance and then, you know, like I thought there was some anger that was just like, this game proves why we shouldn't pay all of these guys this off season. Like Middleton isn't worth 30 million and Bledsoe isn't worth 15 million. Hey, hey, leave Bledsoe out of this. He actually played one. He was the one guy who actually did something, but yeah. And and Brogdon isn't worth whatever million, and Lopez isn't worth... Well, but I mean, really, it just comes down to Chris isn't worth 30 million. That was the large part of what my mention said. And it was just like, okay, like after the Bucks lost 94-87 to the Miami Heat, did, did anyone say that Giannis wasn't worth a max contract in two years. Like, did that happen? Because I don't recall it happening. Uh, and in that game, he scored nine points. He has three of 12 from the field and had four turnovers, five personal fouls as well. It was just generally bad in that game. And I don't remember anyone saying, well, Giannis isn't worth this. And, you know, this one game proves that we shouldn't pay him this money. It's just like, okay, guys, like, Calm down. I, I understand that we we always want to prove points, and anyone, anytime anyone can find a way to worry about the off season and the contracts that are coming, Bucks fans will take it because that's the only bit of drama that happens with the Bucks at the moment. So, like, I get all of that, but it was just like, okay, I mean, it's a back to back, and you know, this the same thing could have happened with Giannis playing and the same thing could have happened to Giannis. He could have had a bad game as well. Um, so it was just kind of interesting to watch the duality of Bucks fans and, you know, what might be angering and, you know, what they might be willing to accept. And uh, like, I just thought to me, it, it very much looks like, especially when you look at like the number of layups that the team missed. And I mean, that's like across the board. It was just like, okay, those guys are on a back to back. Like it's, it's bad. <laughs> and that's another thing that always bothers me is like when people are like, oh, they just didn't give any effort. And it's like, okay, how could you tell effort on a missed like 
close shot. If you miss a shot within five feet, like that's just a shot not going in. I don't think it it says anything about your effort. Like I, I think there there can be very clear times in an NBA game where you're like, okay, that guy wasn't giving good effort, but I never got that sense on Saturday night. It was just like, okay, these guys can't make a shot. And that's very different. Yeah. I mean, they did also different things defensively. I mean, we, we were talking about this before the podcast that like they started like trapping pick and rolls uh, basically at the start of the second half and um, fittingly opened it up the second half with a blown coverage. That led to <laughs> First <a dunk>. play. <laughs> um, I, I would say for stretches, I think that I don't know if it really hurt them that much because a lot of the times the Magic couldn't necessarily find a, like a great three-point shooter. Um, but, you know, Jonathan Isaac hit three out of six. It seemed like all of those were corner threes. Um, overall, 10 out of 27 for Orlando, but I think they started seven out of 10. So they... Yeah, they that finished. second quarter, they kept, Terrence Ross hit like three... He had those three threes in the, I think it was three threes, right? In the second quarter where it was just like, okay, well, what are you going to do with all of those? Yeah, he scored, it seemed like, basically all his points there in that like little run that basically um, yep. kind of blew the game, not blew the game open, but, you know, it gave Orlando the kind of double. Open it up. Yeah, and then the Bucks were just pretty much playing, you know, from behind the entire game. And obviously when you just don't make shots, like, doesn't even matter how you know how well your defense plays, um, because I mean the Bucks defense. I mean one hundred four point seven defensive rating. I mean the Bucks defense gave them every chance to win, um, or Orlando missing shots gave them every chance to win. However you want to think about it, but the defense was was wasn't really ultimately the problem. It was just they made no shots, and you know, like yeah, I mean if Chris Middleton shoots four out of seventeen every game from here on out, don't worry about his contract because he's not going to get one. <laughs> not going to get a thirty million. <laughs> But I think I think we know he's not going to do that. This was obviously kind of an outlier game for him. He was really bad, and you know it's one thing if you know one of these guys shoots really poorly, but to have Middleton go four out of seventeen, Lopez four out of twelve, including zero for six from three, and Brogdon go four out of eighteen, including zero for four from three. I mean, you know this was like the uh, you know it made a long night. This was this was an outlier type type event. You know I think. Um, uh, I think our friend of the pod, Tim Staples, pointed out like, you know, Middleton, Lopez, Brogdon, uh, I think Urson uh, and Connaughton and Brown combined were like one out of 28 from three or something like that. I mean, you know, it's just like you, you couldn't, you know, again, like you were, well, definitely you could have could have shot better than that group uh, <laughs> if you'd gotten all those open looks. Uh, I might even have been able to shoot better than that, given the bar was impossibly low. And just nothing went in. And I, you know, like you said, is that dead legs? Maybe, right? You know, that certainly you would think would be part of it. Um, and just, just, you know, just guys couldn't, just guys didn't make shots. And um, it's, it's not to, it's not, not meant as an excuse. Um, it's just meant to say like, you know, I, I don't, it's not like they just played horrible defense and got lit up for, you know, 130 points per 100 or something yeah. like that, which I think would be more concerning on some level. Although I think the Bucks. The Bucks' penchant for missing open threes has been kind of masked by how well they score in the paint, typically. And obviously, Giannis and to mm-hmm. a lesser extent, Bledsoe and Brogdon kind of help you. And I think the, the Bucks are uniquely suited as a team that shoots tons of threes to be able to overcome bad three-point shooting nights. Um, but you know, especially without Giannis, um, I mean, they just didn't have enough guys playing like not crap offensively. Uh, you know, Bledsoe. 19 points on 13 shots, 11 rebounds, five assists. Um, he was the one guy who uh, I think he scored six points on, in the Bucks' 8-0 run to start the game, and 
it was pretty much that was the the high point for the Bucks. Um, you know, they just they just couldn't couldn't make any shots. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to you know over litigate that game. Um, Orlando has won five out of six. They blew out the Hawks again on Sunday, so the back to back was not a problem for them on Sunday. Uh, they've won five out of six, and four of those have come by double digits. They also beat the Pacers by seven. So they've also been playing well. I mean, give them credit. Um, they've kind of been figuring yeah. maybe some things out a little bit. But, um, you know, obviously, I well, one thing I kind of wonder about, um, you know, I think back to, uh, I think it was, I don't know, it was uh, maybe, was it two years ago? Um, when LeBron, and I think it was LeBron, yeah, I think it was two years ago, LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love might have all been rested one night in Memphis, I think specifically, and that what that's kind of sparked the whole like you know uh, NBA has to do something about the resting stuff, and you know like yep. fans only see these guys once a year, and you know then they don't show up and blah 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 and that stuff. Because um, I was kind of thinking about, it, I was like, well, you know, as a team, you've got your home fans that are paying a lot of money to see you you win games and your best players. And so given the Bucks sort of tactically rested Chris on Friday and Giannis on Saturday, like I was kind of curious, like were they, you know, how much thought was given into sort of the opponent? Like, did they think they needed Giannis more on Friday? Cause it was a road game. Did they think that, you know, they didn't want to rest Giannis in the only trip to Dallas. I mean, I don't think his brother playing for the Mavericks should factor into that at all. I don't think he was, he ended up not being active due to, I think it's an illness. Um, but it's sort of one of those interesting things, like how do you time those things? Cause um, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of Bucks fans from Wisconsin and others who came, you know, some of the people who were in my mentions and yours um, saying like, this is their first game of the season or they traveled a long ways to go see the game on Saturday. And then, um, you know, they got, they, they unfortunately ended up seeing not Giannis in the worst Bucks performance of the season. I mean, it just yeah. sucks. Right. I mean, I, I as someone who doesn't live, as someone who doesn't live in Wisconsin, I mean, I, I you know, um, I've, I, I don't come back that often for games and I mean, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth when you come back and you see a bad, bad game. Right. I mean, there's, there's, there's no two ways around it. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's unfortunately, you know, again, the Bucks have been playing exceptionally well and, on the one hand, I, I never liked the idea of saying like, oh, you can't complain about one loss or it happens, mm. but it's true. It happens, you know, and again, like the way they lost, I mean, they just didn't make any shots and it's like, well, those guys normally make shots and they just didn't. <laughs> so I don't, you know, like, I, I don't know if there's the learning there to say like, oh, you got to do different things, right? You know, the as the game went on, they started taking some mid-rangers and some shots that I think were out of their normal, I mean, mm. the shot chart was much more like last year's bucks um, because of that. And I think, again, it's a good reminder, like the whole, you know, I think there's some people are like, Oh, well you, if you're missing lots of three pointers, you should stop taking three pointers. Just take a step in, you know, just take a step in. Well, yeah. And I mean, I get, I I totally get the idea of like, you got to be aggressive, attack the rim, you know, try to draw fouls. That, that totally makes sense to me, especially that's what, given that's what the bucks do. Um, But to think that like, Oh, I'm just going to take a 18 foot turnaround jumper and that's going to be, you know, the, the road to our comeback is going to be paved in contested mid rangers. Like now that that's not going to work either. And, you know, we saw it in the shot chart. There are a lot of, a lot of missed jumpers there. And, you know, bucks were outscored 22 to four from mid range, which I think is especially problematic when you look at how many mid rangers the bucks took, you know, relative to what they normally do. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, just a burn the videotapes type, burn the videotapes type performance, um, which was unfortunate because, you know, on Friday, um, you know, thanks, especially in part to, you know, with Giannis playing really well, um, you know, Friday was just another kind of 
good bucks are a machine type game. And so yeah. obviously for Saturday was a letdown because we've gotten getting, you know, as we've been talking about, we've been, we've been getting kind of spoiled with the way the bucks just can kind of go and play teams on the road at home, wherever, and just sort of take care of them. And, um, you know, a, a, a lot of those guys who, who stunk on Saturday, uh, you know, Lopez, 20 points on 14 shots. Um, Bledsoe had pretty much the same same shots on, on both Friday and Saturday, 7 out of 13 both games. He's been making threes. Brogdon was 9 out of 14, 18 points on Friday. Um, but obviously the big big story on for, for Friday was, was Giannis, another 29 points on 19 shots, um, six dunks. I think three or four of them were left, left-handed. Uh, he had a lot of like just get the hell out of the way type moments uh, in addition to 17 rebounds and five assists. So Friday was another good reminder of, of Giannis playing Giannis and continue playing like Giannis and continue to play at a really high level. He has really been on a roll lately, but um, you know, take him out of the equation on Saturday and a bunch of other things go wrong. And yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think it's all correlated, but uh, obviously your margin of error goes down a lot without Giannis and Edekubo in the lineup. Yeah, and I'm and there's a million kind of what ifs to play, but it's just like, man, I wonder if one of one or two more of those threes that the Bucks shot in the first quarter go down, like if everything kind of kind of turns around because it just felt like, and I, I don't know why I keep coming back to this number, but it felt like once the Bucks got to four of twenty two, and it was in the third quarter, Bledsoe had made one, but you know they hadn't really made any really many more after that all of a sudden it was just like well threes aren't working let's see if we can uh you know uh, attack this closeout and then take a step back off of this or um, i'm gonna take a dribble and then spin into this turnaround fadeaway and it just felt like there was like a middle of the third quarter where it was just like terrible shot after terrible shot and uh, you could very clearly tell that the bucks were just like what the hell am I supposed to do? Like, how am I supposed to get this stupid ball through that stupid rim? Because it's not working. No matter what I'm trying, it's not working. And, you know, like, I think at some level, like, there's a very human frustration to all of it. Like, yeah, they were developed. I thought they were creating really good shots in the first half. Like, they, they had a bunch of threes that were wide open and a bunch of them that were corner threes and shots that everyone hits and you know they just didn't hit any of them like uh, that's that's just not normal so um yeah i would agree like dwelling all that much on it i don't think particularly helps anything other than just to be like well you know it sucks uh, the bucks can lose games like that and uh, i do wonder like you said uh, the bucks have missed some threes this year i do wonder if you know i don't i don't know if there's a 27 straight miss game coming like the the Rockets had, uh, but I do wonder if you know, like maybe there is a maybe there is just a, a really poor shooting night from three in the playoffs. And again, does that does that uh, create panic and then all of a sudden freak out, or is that just oh, you know, it was a bad shooting night? We'll we'll pick ourselves up and have a better one the next time out. So uh, I do kind of wonder about that as well because you know they're not. They're not the league's best shooting team from three. They are one of the teams that puts it up the most, but uh, you know they're they're not at the, at the very tippy top in in percentage. So uh, I think that'll be something to watch. Okay, going to that Dallas game, um, there were I'm going to say three passes that I thought were 
positively LeBron-esque from Giannis. And uh, like I, I do try to stay away from No more looking at Giannis is not looking <laughs> anymore. Just all no look passes. Yes. And you know, like I try to stay away from the LeBron comps because, you know, I think often comps aren't particularly useful for anyone other than to, you know, create standards that shouldn't exist or uh, parallels that don't make any sense. But, you know, there's I think a, a level of understanding to to the game that just can only be explained through so many players. And LeBron is one of them. And, you know, there was this insane pass that Giannis had against, uh, man, it was earlier last week. I'm trying to think. It was against Washington, Washington, where, yeah. uh, Yeah. And I'm trying to describe it. I've tweeted about it, so hopefully you guys can find it. But, like, it's – so he's on the right wing, and then there's someone at the top of the key, and then there's someone on the left wing. And essentially he throws it behind the back of the the defender at the top of the key who's closed out all the way to the help defender. And instead of throwing a skip pass over the top, it is just a bullet pass through the middle of the defense that shouldn't be able to get through. And you have to be super duper strong to throw it and you have to understand the game really well to manipulate defenders in a way that you can throw a pass right behind someone's back and they don't deflect it like you you shouldn't be able to put it there and Giannis had one of those and you know I thought in Dallas there was another one of those where it somehow skips the extra pass but is still a an on-target bullet pass he had another one of those he had a kick out to the corner I believe is for a DJ Wilson missed three um, where it was just he's at a spot now where he sees help defenders helping from the backside and he waits for them to take their step towards the help. And at the moment they step towards the help, that's when he throws the pass back to the guy that that defender is helping off of. And there's no other way to describe it, or at least for in the modern era, than LeBron-esque, that LeBron manipulates defenders in that way, and Giannis is starting to manipulate defenders in that way. So he had the, the LeBron skip bullet pass then he had the the lebron manipulate defender kick to the right hand corner and then he had that you know fast break outlet through a couple people sort of no look i don't even really know how to describe it that dj wilson got fouled on and you know it i i honestly i'm trying to think if any of those three passes actually ended up in assist they might not have but all three were passes where it was just like shit he is he has seen the game at a level that very few people ever do, and he is doing so here at, in in his age twenty four season. Like he's he's doing he's doing all of these things in front of you, and again, that type of thing isn't going to add a bunch to his stats or, or really kind of change the way that you're going to view him from the outside. But it does feel like. Yes, he's taken a, a full-on another step as a playmaker, and he's done this throughout his career, but it just feels like the last month, like as you look through the Bucks' schedule, you see the way that they're just dominating teams, and when you watch those games, his fingerprints are all over it. Whether or not he's scoring 45 points a game, Like he is just controlling games, understanding the pace, the rhythm, and it is all his. It is his tempo. He is in control. 
and I j- it just feels like he's he's exerting a, a level of influence over the game that he just hasn't before. And I don't think it comes as any sort of coincidence that that's occurred in the exact same time frame that this team has just taken off. Yeah, there was a pass earlier in that game, or in that game where he threw basically a, a, a I think I don't know if it was like a, from half court or where, but he saw Brooke Lopez oh, and basically run. I totally forgot about the yes, Giannis. great pass. Yeah, and it's rare actually to see Giannis pass the ball up the court far because normally the whole idea with Giannis is you give him the ball and let him see if he can just go all the way because yep. he can do that, um, and then if the defense is fully collapsing, then he's kicking it out, right? Like he usually doesn't just pass ahead. And I think that's totally justifiable given the, how good he is at scoring. Um, but it was interesting because he did throw that long look ahead pass to Lopez for a layup. And when he had a real small guy on him um, under the paint or rewarding the, rewarding the big man as it were for, for running. Um, and then that like 70 foot, no look pass to DJ Wilson where he got fouled um, was, you know, another like just crazy, pass that you know um yeah you have to be incredibly strong and obviously have great vision and passing touch to complete i I will say this i did find it funny because uh somebody tweeted out the video of that pass and then some some other like i think it was like some like you know yes please coach guy go there yes go there frank it's the stupidest take of the weekend come on give it to me stupid and and you i i forget who it was it wasn't somebody i followed but it was some like you know stealth style skill guy or coach guy or whatever um was like oh basically saying like oh well he he took an extra dribble and if you don't take the extra dribble then then wilson gets a layup and doesn't get fouled um and it's just like you think he took an extra dribble because like he was hot dogging or something like that like he took an extra dribble because like he literally was like 75 feet away from the basket and he was just looking looking up to see what was going on like that's like what? What is our standard now? Like, and if he threw not, it before you know, that dribble, Aaron, the only way he was going to get there was to put more air on it, and that air would have given the defender time to get. It was it was legitimately the stupidest take I've seen of the weekend, and I'm so happy that you saw it as well because it's literally just like somebody that wants to prove how well they know the game of basketball and let everyone know that. I know the game so well that this awesome pass that I saw wasn't actually awesome. And let me tell you why. Like, get out of here. You are – no. Yeah. It was the worst take of the week. Yeah. Yeah, like, like oh, no. Yeah, if He should have turned into Aaron Rodgers and thrown, you know, an 80-foot pass that was perfect, <laughs> not just a 70-foot pass that was perfect. So, yeah. I mean, just whatever. Screw, screw that sort of, you know, tw- Twitter – hashtag like eh, this could have been better eh. it's like shut up yeah um anyway yeah agreed on that and um man um that uh it was a funny it was a funny first quarter just because Giannis got going pretty quickly and had like you know i think like two or three left-handed dunks right away and he just sort of very early set the tone of yeah you're gonna keep trying to throw these little dudes on me and it's not gonna work <laughs> and then later he put josh powell under the rim and dunked on him and gave him a little look and um yeah it was just Giannis kind of being Giannis and mavericks kind of kind of wormed their way back in because i mean they hit a crazy i mean would they, would they hit like 22 three something like that i mean yep. they hit i believe a franchise, franchise record, record. Yeah, 22 22 out of 53 threes i believe was that the exact number that the celtics did 22 out of 53 maybe in that that early game mm. of the season perhaps um but uh, you know the Bucks built that lead, and then were able to sort of weather the three-point storm. And again, I mean, this was 
a game where they obviously they gave up a lot of threes, 53 threes, um, which is crazy. <laughs> they gave um, up a franchise record of threes to the Mavericks. They themselves shot 10 of 36 from three, 27%. In one by 15, they won 122-107 yeah. with 80 points in the paint. And beat this team on a career, uh, a franchise best shooting night from the Mavericks. It, th- that more than any, I shouldn't say more than anything. There's lots of things that speak to how, just how well this Bucks team is playing. But like, you have a franchise night from three, and you got blown out. Yeah, and like that that's crazy. Yeah, the the Mavericks were plus thirty six points on threes, twenty two to ten in terms of three pointers made. So thirty six points up on threes. The Bucks only shot 12 free throws, right? The Bucks were 10 out of 12, Mavericks yeah. were 13 out of 20. So the Bucks weren't scoring on free throws either, uh, but they outscored the Mavericks 80 to 26 in the paint, <laughs> plus 54, which is, um, I mean, that's nuts. I, they scored 80. Who did they score 80 uh, in the paint on earlier this year? It was a little while ago. I can't remember. Mm. Um, it might have been, no, it wasn't Toronto. Because Toronto, they generally haven't scored that much in the paint on. Um, maybe it was. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, but th- this team, obviously, I think they were third in points in the paint um, coming into the weekend. They they obviously are, you know, thanks to, in particular, Giannis, but to lesser extent, Eric and Brogdon, that obviously is an area where they make a lot of hay. And certainly on Friday, we saw that. Um, that very much very much be the case yeah i mean it was to me just kind of a a ridiculous performance from Giannis, where it was just like i i don't know if you can send in a game tape and say like this is why he's the mvp but and especially in a game where he only scores 29 points but it's tough to find a game that he just affected in more ways than that one because he was pivoting on the entire Mavericks team and dunking on them. He was uh, controlling the game, making the right passes. He was getting a 17 rebounds. Like he was, it was just his game. And again, like you said, you know, there's other people that had good games, but so was solid 18 points, five assists, three rebounds, seven of 13 shooting Brogdon, nine of 14 on the night, uh, 18 points, six rebounds, three assists. Lopez, obviously, uh, 20 points on the night with a couple kind of ridiculous floater drive, whatever you want to call what he does type of things. But, you know, in the end, it was just kind of the brilliance of Giannis and Giannis just won that game. And yeah, it it was really impressive. Um, Anything you else, anything else you have from the weekend that that you're, you're thinking about? Um, I mean, obviously, I think that Saturday game, I don't know if there's a ton more that I want to think about or talk about, but um, anything else no, on the Friday let's, game? Let's turn yeah, the everything good? I, I think we're good. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, I, I was just going to say, uh, cool for Trevon Duvall, yep. uh, Bucks two-way guy, to to get his first uh, basket as a, as a professional uh, in the end of that Mavericks game on a little handoff, got a, an uncontested layup, almost had a chase down block um, as well, and then um, hit was one of the few bucks to hit a three pointer, um, or no? Actually, I guess they're saying it was. It wasn't even a three. It was a. I guess it was a long two on Saturday. I thought he hit a corner three, but I guess I'm looking at the box. Oh, I got a. I got like a three, three here. A, I got a three one. here. He's one of one from three in my box. Okay, here. that's weird. Huh. I'm looking at the ESPN box score, and I guess it's messing up. But anyway, um, oh no, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the game from Friday. Yep. Okay. Um, 
so yeah, Trevon Duval had a nice, uh, you know, chance to to actually see the court in the NBA. Um, so that was, I guess, interesting. I, you know, it's kind of funny. Last year we we had so much talk um, about like service days, and you know, had guys reach their max number, and I, it's been so <laughs> off my radar because. I mean, you know, honestly, like I haven't even like, I, I, I had no real, um, I had no real like thought that the Bucks second, second uh, or two way guys would even be needed slash have any role on the team. And um, so, yeah, I don't, I have no idea. Trevor Duvall has been with the team a little bit, but I, I, I have no idea what his, what his number of days are with, uh, with the, with the, the bucks. I don't think it matters um, in the grand scheme of the universe, given the bucks depth, but um, you know, shout out to, to Trevon Duvall for, for getting a little How bit of crazy. Run. Is it that last year the bucks had a, and I shouldn't say had to the, obviously there was some Jason Kidd decision-making involved in all of it, but um, you know, like that was something we talked about all the time, like how many days does this person have left? Like the bucks are going to have to find into some depth through, through whatever they, like we talked about that. Those guys played the, I, it, the bucks used two way guys as actual rotation guys all the time last year. Um, you know, it just speaks to how far this team has come in just one year. So uh, just kind of crazy to think about. All right. I think that's going to be it for us for tonight. Uh, we got through all of that. Hopefully uh, we didn't bring back too many painful memories for you uh, from the Bucks loss on Saturday, 103-83 to the Orlando Magic, and hopefully allowed you to reminisce and enjoy the 122-107 win the Bucks had over the Mavericks on Friday night. Uh, you, you can remember that first one instead of the second one. And, Hopefully you're able to move on and, and be ready for the Bucks to take on the Chicago Bulls on Monday. Frank and I will record after that. Actually, I don't even know. I'm going to be driving down to Chicago. Um, Frank might need to find a different partner or maybe uh, I'm going to be driving with Kane Pittman. Maybe Kane and I could record it on the drive back from Chicago. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, but either way, we'll have a podcast for you after the Bucks play the Bulls on Monday night. So for Frank, man, I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.